Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson. Uh, This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining me as I discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst, I guess, our general diversity uh, as members of Christ's church. So as you can tell, uh, it's just me today. Lucas is not with us. Uh, We're hoping to be back to our regularly scheduled programming before too long. Uh, but uh, if if you've noticed over the last couple of episodes, we've been doing some throwbacks, some revisited type episodes where basically we've gone back into uh, our back catalog, found episodes that really don't have too many downloads, and we've re-uploaded them for for your listening pleasure. Uh, but today I'm I'm here fresh with a a new episode, and it's going to be a little bit different. Obviously today's Friday, so typically you might see a Christians of history, you might see a uh, creeds and confessions or a theology 101. But I think given the the nature of this episode, given that it's just me, I'm going to change the formula just a little bit, but it will still be about a 10 or 15 minute episode. So uh, I'm I'm glad that you're here. I hope that you enjoy this episode. And so let's let's just kind of jump in. So uh, recently, I've been reading quite a number quite a number of books here and one really jumped out to me that uh, is actually my second read so uh, actually about the time that lucas and i were brainstorming and developing the podcast i was reading a book called hearers and doers and this is by kevin van hooser uh so it's interesting. I actually recently found a document that Lucas and I were sort of compiling in Google Docs where we were throwing around ideas and names and uh, just all sorts of things. And I, I referenced this book dozens of times because I was, again, in the middle of reading it. So uh, I, I thought, I, I want to go back. I want to reread Hearers and Doers and, and just get a new perspective, a fresh read. Um, and so there are just a few things that that come from this book that I wanted to highlight that I felt like are appropriate. Um, So here they are. So in this book, obviously, maybe you can already tell from the title, Hearers and Doers, uh, we're we're talking about being people of the word. We we, we don't want to just be people who hear it, but we want to be people who go out and do it. Um, Jesus talks about this, much of the New Testament is spent with this idea that you aren't just people who who have head knowledge, but you are people who are changed and transformed and who go out into the world and and do good, who who share the love of Christ, who are charitable and hospitable and gracious and so forth. And so uh, in in the book, specifically, Kevin Van Hooser makes this point that uh, our, our culture, our world has this obsession with fitness, whether it's physical fitness or or whatever, uh, but he he posits that uh, that we're we're shaped not just in our bodies, the way that we you know exercise and eat, um, but we're shaped by the world in our minds and in our hearts. And so, as Christians, we need to be spiritually fit. We need spiritual exercise. Uh, and so, he, he outlines four foundational principles in his book that I really just wanted to highlight in this episode. So I don't know what I'm going to call this just yet, but but this is going to be the gist of it. So spiritual fitness principle number one is build your life on praise, reverence, and service. If you want to be spiritually fit, you need to build your life on praise, reverence, and service. Uh, and this this is really important. I mean, this is a big part of even what the Doxology podcast is all about. Uh, as we talk about theology, as we talk about you know things that pertain to the Christian life, uh, it's not 
simply for the sake of filling our head with knowledge. We, we want our hearts to be transformed and changed. We want to go out um, and, and do good in the world. So our, our, our life, the foundation of it, uh, is built on, on praise. So worshiping our Father, giving him the, the, the glory and the honor that is due to him, um, being reverent and, and living a life of, of servitude where we, where we love God and we love our neighbor. Now, spiritual fitness uh, number two is to focus on your eternal well-being. Uh, this seems like an obvious one. It might seem like a no duh, especially if you're somebody who is, you know, a, a longtime listener to our podcast. Uh, but our eternal well-being, I feel like, is often neglected. We we become so enamored and fixated on the here and the now. You know, we become uh, caught up in politics, in our work, in our families, in whatever it might be. And it's not to say that those things are unimportant, but sometimes those things begin to supersede our eternal well-being. And so to be spiritually fit, sometimes we need to recalibrate. Sometimes we need to go back and think like, what are those things that I need to do to 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 be spiritually healthy? So, you know, prayer, uh, devotion, reading God's word, uh, attending church, and so forth. Uh, again, these se- might seem like no-duh things, and I'm not speaking of them as a, in a superficial way, like, oh, you just need to go to church and everything's going to be okay. Uh, but to invest in your community, to invest into the lives of the people that you are with. Now, uh, spiritual fitness principle number three Put aside concern for the externals. Uh, this is a big one. Again, I just mentioned politics. I mentioned work. Um, that's not even to mention some of the theological externals. You know, some of those fringe things that you know we enjoy talking about, especially on this podcast. Uh, but they are not the main things. Uh, so maybe debates over baptism or uh, debates over Calvinism or something like that. Like those are important. They have their place, uh, but they don't take primacy. Uh, we don't break fellowship because someone is or isn't a Calvinist, uh, which maybe you think is strange coming from my mouth, if you if you know me well. But uh, putting aside our concern for the externals helps us focus on what is important. It helps us focus on living out the gospel. Um, you know, I'm 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 often blown away, truthfully, when I think about. Um, you know, like the, the the parables that Jesus tells. You know, I think about the parable of the Good Samaritan all the time. Uh, so much so that even, I mean, even when I was a youth pastor, I, I, I preached a sermon on the Good Samaritan. And I even kind of tweaked it a little bit later towards the end to fit our American context. Uh, because, f- f- you know, for Christians living in the 21st century, maybe we don't quite understand what it meant that the Samaritan was the person who stopped to help the Jew. These two people groups who absolutely hated each other, who 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 did not associate, who 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 really yeah didn't have any sort of uh, relationship. Um, you know, if, if I'm sure you guys know the story, but if you don't, the, basically Jesus tells this parable about a man who who has been beaten and robbed and left for dead. Um, and along comes comes the priest, along comes the Levite, along comes um, you know these people that you would assume would be the ones to stop and care for the person in need. But no, time and time again, it's the person uh, that, that we expect who does not, in fact, stop. But the, the crazy part of this story is the radical love that is shown by the least expected person. And that's just something that when you really think about that, when you put it into our modern world, um, you know, perhaps we can we can talk about immigration. Perhaps we want to talk about 
uh, political party affiliation. When you think about the person, and I typically don't like to think this way, but when you think about that person or that group that is uh, most different from you, perhaps you consider them some sort of enemy or whatever, um, what does it look like for Democrats and Republicans to be fit into the narrative of the Good Samaritan story? What does it look like for um, you know, Americans living near Texas, living near the border, to be uh, loving and compassionate towards those who are seeking asylum here in this country. Um, so yeah, put, putting aside our concern for the externals allows us to see those things, the people that are in need, uh, the people that uh, not only need, excuse me, that's my uh, low blood sugar. Um, so yeah, not only the people that are in need uh, physically, but even spiritually. So uh, now moving on to the last uh, piece of spiritual fitness, um, Kevin Van Hooser lists want, you, or you should want to become what you were created for. Um, and this is a really interesting one. Uh, you know, when, when we when we consider uh, the reason for which we exist, why, why why is humanity on this planet? Why are we on this earth? Uh, and we were created for intimacy and fellowship with God, our Creator. Um, and so we ought to long for that. We ought to long for the intimacy that is to come in heaven, where we will see our Savior face to face. Where, uh, you know, as we've talked about recently on on episodes about heaven, uh, where we will see our Savior face to face, where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, where we will live forevermore in in perfect union and fellowship with each other and with our Savior. Um, so yeah, that those are just sort of four really easy principles. Perhaps there are even more principles, or perhaps you've extrapolated even further application from those four principles. But uh, again, given given the nature of this episode just being me, I thought it'd be really interesting to, to cover those four things. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you check out the book Hearers and Doers by Kevin Van Hooser. Um, the subtitle is A Pastor's Guide to Making Disciples Through Scripture and Doctrine. Uh, really, really short book, um, you know, compared to some other books. I believe it's about uh, 230-ish pages. Uh, Lexham Press is the, the publisher. Uh, but as, uh, as I begin to close this episode, uh, I thought it would be worth highlighting another thing that has really just been rattling around in my mind lately. I don't exactly know where it fits. Maybe Lucas and I will do a full episode on this sometime soon. Uh, but I've been having having these feelings recently of of longing for real experiences, and I can give you a couple examples. So those of you that know me well uh, know that I'm really into vinyl records. I, I I mean I've always loved music. I've I've listened to music. I play music. I play drums, and I, I'm trying to teach myself to play the bass. Um, and so when it comes to music consumption, I mean I use Apple Music. I sometimes go to YouTube. Uh, but records to me are a, a beautiful medium for listening to music. And plus, it's it's collecting something that's tangible. It's something that's real. Uh, but when I think about records, when I think about this real physical piece of music that I can see and touch and sometimes smell, if you know what an old record smells like, you know what I mean. Uh, but there's something about that tactile experience, that real experience of like, I have to pick up this record pull it out of the sleeve, put it on the turntable, you know, press play, and the needle drops, it hits, and it's it, it starts spinning, and you hear the sound. Um, it's, not as, it's not as simple as just pulling out your phone and hitting play and, you know, skipping this song and skipping that song. Um, I mean, obviously, you can pick up the needle and move it, but there's something about the experience of, of just, like, listening to a record. Another example of this is, um, you know, in, in speaking of records even, is uh, recently... Uh, I had the thought that like, man, we live in an era where 
when when a new album drops, like there there is excitement, but there isn't the same excitement that 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 older generations had. Um, when I think about my parents or my my in laws or even my grandparents, uh, when a new album came out, they had to like drive to the store. Or in the case of my dad, uh, he would have to you know maybe bike to the store when he was a kid to go uh, to go find that record to then bike home and then put it on the record player but like think for a moment about that anticipation like you've been waiting for this record to come out it's finally that day you make the journey to the record store you you physically buy it you go to the counter you pay for it um there's that satisfaction of like my dollar has bought something and then on your journey home you're like just bursting with anticipation as you're uh, you know waiting to listen to this record and we just don't have that same experience today i mean maybe some of you that are my age had that a little bit with cd's back in the day but once mp3s and itunes and such and especially now with streaming we just completely lose that experience and that's just something that more and more i'm i'm becoming to uh, i'm i'm coming to realize that i miss real experiences like that uh, another example, just to give you yet another one, is uh, recently my wife and I were doing some shopping for a wedding. Uh, we were going to attend a very small ceremony for some close friends, and uh, my wife wanted a, a more fall type, you know, uh, autumn seasoned dress that was, you know, it was going to be a colder day, so something that she would be uh, somewhat warmer in. And I needed a tie to match. Now, we haven't shopped on Amazon truthfully in about a year and a half, so that's just not really usually an option. Um, we also didn't really want to order on Target or some other website. So we're like, well, let's go to Madison, Wisconsin, which is, you know, maybe 35 minutes away from where we live, where there's some malls and department stores and such. And I I walked into this mall that I attended dozens of times when I was a kid. I mean, we went there all the time. Um, and as I walked in, I just had this like immediate sense of like sadness and on, on one hand, but also longing on the other. And as we were at that mall, walking around, looking for these things, I began to realize like, wow, online shopping has changed our experience of shopping. It's something else entirely. Like I have like vivid, distinct memories, experiences from childhood um, where I would go to a mall, you know, with friends, with family, you know, you go to the food court, you go to this store and it's like, it's, an, it, it truly is an experience, but I can't tell you, uh, other than maybe like my most recent online experience, like it's not like I have some memory of, Oh, you know, I was 15 and I was shopping on Amazon and it was just such a cool experience. Um, and again, that's not to disparage online shopping. I do online shop from time to time. Um, but there's something to be said about experiencing these things. Um, and so as I've, as I've been rattling through some of these ideas, um, I, I've been trying to think about it theologically. Um, and, and what I've come to is like these tactile experiences, which many of these experiences have, have gone away or at least faded because of convenience. Uh, we want something that is convenient. We want to be able to just place an order on our phones and it's there in a day or two, right? We don't. We, we think like, oh, I don't want to take the time to drive to the mall, to walk around the mall, to find it in the store. Maybe it won't be there. Um, and so like, I, I, I do get the convenience, but sometimes convenience isn't always a good thing. And especially theologically, um, sometimes... Sometimes we need to do the hard work of thinking, of wrestling, of moving through a topic uh, to come to a conclusion. It's not, it's not always as simple as one, two, three, and you're done. Um, 
So I don't know. Those are just some of the musings, some of the thoughts that have been rattling around my head and around my heart lately. Uh, I'm curious if, if any of you feel the same way. Those of you that do listen to records, maybe those of you who enjoy the experience of, uh, of going to a mall, uh, what do you think about that? Have you thought about that in a spiritual light? What does it look like, especially in a world that is still sort of uh, you know, inundated with COVID? Uh, what does it look like to have a church experience versus a virtual church experience? Obviously, if your if your church isn't meeting because of COVID, like that's different. But um, if we're in the days where you know public gathering is okay and acceptable and, and easy to do, uh, what does it say to to attend a a a, a virtual church? Uh, what are you missing? Uh, you know, seeking that convenience of like, oh, I can do it from my couch. I can be in my pajamas. Uh, but what are you sacrificing? What are you losing by not gathering together in person? So anyway, this has been a, a fun a fun podcast to do. I, I miss Lucas. I'm excited to get back with him here uh, in the near future. But I just wanted to say thank you. Again, I wanted to plug this book, Hearers and Doers by Kevin Van Hooser. Um, and I also, you know, I, I invite you to, to contact us. We want to hear from you. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you do want to connect with us, hit us up on Twitter at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, send us your questions, send us your episode ideas. Uh, just let us know how you're doing. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, be nice and be nice seen. <laughs>